Welcome to my podcast, Musings of a Christian Philosopher, where we talk about deep and often challenging topics of theology and philosophy. I'm your host, Adam Polstra. Let's get started. Good day, listeners. Today, I have been thinking about evidence-based faith. To some, that immediately sounds like a contradiction. It was a lament of apologists when I was studying it more profusely, that people believed that the meaning of faith was belief without evidence. I've heard some tell that this definition actually came from atheists, probably who looked at Christians and other people of various beliefs and religions and thought that they believed without evidence because they went against science a lot or something like that. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians have bought into this idea and believe that, yes, faith means belief without evidence. Now, I don't think that that definition has no foundation whatsoever. I'll get into that in a bit. But I do believe that it is wrong. So first of all, when it comes to Scripture, we see several instances, and some of them being the most pivotal or being among the more pivotal scriptures that we know, instances, that is, where evidence and reason, logic, truth, are used as the basis for belief. I'm talking about scriptures like when Paul says, if there is no resurrection, we have no faith. What is he saying? If the resurrection did not physically, actually happen, In other words, if it cannot be proved, then we have no faith. There is no Christianity without the resurrection. That's a pretty strong basis for evidence. Now, of course, you might say that it's not exactly evidence. It's just the fact that it actually happened and that Jesus paid the price for our sins and so on. And I agree with that, too. There wouldn't be Christianity in the sense that we now know it if Jesus hadn't both died and resurrected. There wouldn't be the proof that he is God, and there wouldn't be the sacrifice for sins. But the proof that he is God also relies on the fact that it actually happened. If it's just a rumor, if it's just a myth, if it's just this lie that the disciples spread, then Jesus was, at very best, a great prophet. Many of the prophets of the past, such as Elijah and Elisha, had quote, performed miracles as well. Jesus would have just been ranked with one of them. But if the resurrection occurred without the help of any other miracle-working individual, that would be something of a completely different kind that had never been seen before. Because we know, of course, that resurrection had occurred even because the bones of Elisha were thrown into a tomb and the man who, uh, or had been in a tomb, I think, and a man who had died and was put in there, resurrected. Or not resurrected, actually, just resuscitated, essentially got back up. Resurrection is different. Resurrection, as we know, changed the body of Christ, and that also contributes to the fact that it was very different. But again, if it didn't happen, we and in the way that it happened, we have no proof that he was God as he claimed, the Messiah, and we have no basis for Christianity as such. 
Again, he would only have been a great prophet, but wrong on one major point, that he was essentially changing everything, ushering in a new covenant. Another evidence-based scripture that we read is when the disciples of John the Baptist come to Jesus and ask, are you the one, on behalf of John, asking, are you the one or are we waiting for another? And his response to those disciples is to say, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk. Good news is delivered to the poor. That's evidence. He's telling them to give John the Baptist sense data, what you see and hear. Similar to that is the very fact that we're told as Christians that we should deliver the word of our testimony. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, specifically talking about what does it mean to bear false testimony, one of the Ten Commandments, against your neighbor, that is. We are to give hope, to give the truth of belief, our belief, through the word of our testimony. What is a testimony? Telling what we have seen and heard. Sense data, evidence. It is the very basis of how we are supposed to spread the faith. Now, of course, this doesn't necessarily boil down to this is the basis of faith, i.e. faith for things like miracles, etc. But I believe that that's true too, but I'll get to that in a bit. The main point being that much of the basis of what we are supposed to do as Christians and why there is Christianity at all relies on evidence, proof, data, testimony. So, what does it mean to have faith if it doesn't mean belief without evidence? Back to my studies in apologetics, what they talked about is the fact that faith is a leap on the basis of evidence. In other words, you accumulate evidence to the point that you are willing to take a leap into that which you cannot know. Once you know enough, then you are willing to take a leap into that which you either do not know or cannot know. I think that that's heading in the right direction. In order to ascertain what faith really is, I have used two bases. The first is what we mean when we talk about having faith in another person. The other is how Jesus told people that your faith has made you well. And studying what he means, thinking about what he means by that phrase. So let's start with the second, and then I'll go back to the other. When Jesus tells people, your faith has made you well, what does that mean? See, we look at that in the modern day through the modern day lens, and simply think what he's meaning is something closer to a feeling or an impression. You just believe, you believe, you believe. You believe in God, you believe in the Savior, you believe in the Messiah. And you become well. But there's a problem here. Going to the reference when Jesus asked his disciples, 
what are others saying about me? What is the community? What are people saying about me? And the response to Jesus was, one of the prophets, maybe Elijah, no mention of his being the Messiah, the Son of God, was actually stated until he directly asked the disciples and Peter responded with the Messiah, the Son of God, or the Messiah, the Savior, something to that effect. In other words, what is claimed here is that people at large were not, in fact, assuming that Jesus was the Messiah. So, when Jesus tells people in general, after healing in many cases, that your faith has made you well, your faith has delivered you, in some cases even mentioning faith first and then forgiving sins, what's their faith? What are they believing in? According to the words of the disciples, they weren't believing in a savior. They were believing in a great prophet. Maybe Elijah come back or something like that. So what were they believing? Well, they knew from past references, from past scriptures, that again, people like Elijah and Elisha, godly men, people close to God, had miracles happening around them, through them, you could say they performed miracles. And they had heard the reputation of Jesus of Nazareth as somebody who was healing people everywhere he went. They probably heard these rumors, heard that he was a prophet, heard that he might be Elijah come back. Which, of course, if they understood their prophecies, they knew that he was, if he was, in fact, Elijah come back, then the actual Savior would proceed after him. Who knows what they thought? But whatever the case, we have no indication that they actually thought he was the Son of God, or even just the Messiah. So what were they believing? That if they could get close to this guy, through the power of God, probably, they would be well. They would be made well. Generally speaking, that's as much as I can make out of what they probably believed. So they essentially trusted that the rumors were true, that what they had heard was accurate, and that's what they were after. Now, what does it mean to have faith in another person? We can talk about trusting a person. I think that that has some depth to it. But to have faith in somebody means something more, in my opinion. I think the best example of faith in another human being is marriage. Marriage, chosen under the best of circumstances, comes out of knowing a person thoroughly enough that you not only trust them in a lifelong relationship, you trust them in the having and bearing of children and raising of those children with you. And then spending the rest of your life with this person. It's one of the deepest kinds of trust, if we want to call it that, that somebody could give to another. But there's something more to this, isn't there? There is putting trust through a vow and a series of vows for very serious and meaningful things. The raising of children and the living of your life with this person for the rest of your days. Now that's pretty heavy. 
And if you think about it, it relates very closely to what I said earlier that comes through apologetics, that you've accumulated sufficient evidence so that you are willing to take that final leap of faith. In other words, you know this person, again, in the most ideal circumstance, thoroughly enough that you are willing to put faith in this person. And similarly, I think that this is something like what Jesus was telling these people when he said, your faith has made you well. They heard of the reputation of a godly man through whom miracles were happening, and they believed it. And they were willing to go great distances, probably in many cases enduring a great deal of pain because of their malady, to just see this person, talk to him, touch him in some cases. That's all they wanted. And that faith made them well. They were willing to take a leap into that which they could not be certain about. But they were willing to trust that this person was who people said he was, at very least. So, my definition of faith goes like this. A confidence in the ongoing positive character of another. I've come up with this definition because it applies to Christ the way that people actually saw him who were seeking him out as much as it does to somebody who you are willing to put faith in, particularly in the case of marriage. You are taking a leap on the basis of what you already know into the future, often in areas that you cannot control. You cannot directly do anything about you must actually rely on, lean on another person. Again, as the people were doing who came to Jesus for healing, you must lean on another person for that which you have no direct control over and cannot force to happen. So in this perspective, faith itself needs the accumulation of evidence before you take that leap. Now that final leap, yes, is a sort of believing without evidence, if you want to call it that, but that is misleading. That final leap of faith stands upon a veritable mountain of evidence, or at least sufficient evidence, so that you are willing to take that leap. You're willing to take a risk. You're willing to lean on another person for something for which you cannot control, at least not directly. And obviously, when it came to healings, those people knew they couldn't heal themselves. They were simply seeking a man, a holy man, a prophet, whatever, who was claimed to have been somebody who was capable of that. So, of course, the basis of Christianity, of faith, of belief, even in things like miracles, has its basis on the rational, on sense data, on testimony, what you have seen and heard. So in my opinion, if we are looking for miracles in today's world, we are not supposed to just have some ethereal faith, energy, whatever people think it is. The kind of faith we're supposed to have is faith in the ongoing positive character of God. We believe that God is a healing God. We believe that God does miracles. We believe that God does what we think is impossible. If we really believe that, it is on 
that basis. Not just some energy or belief in the miracles as such that is the faith itself. It's not faith in a thing. It's faith in a being. It's faith in a person. The person of God, the person of Jesus. So I believe that that is what all faith really is. Faith always has been evidence-based. The leap of faith is that which goes beyond evidence, i.e. into the future. Things that we cannot know, which certainly does include the future. So in my opinion, that is faith. So that's all I had to say today. I hope you all found it interesting. And we'll go forward thinking about it quite a bit. Talk to you next time.